Hello and welcome to Banking Transformed. I'm your host, Jim Roos, owner and CEO of the Digital Banking Report and co-publisher of the financial brand. As a result of the pandemic, people were forced to adopt digital alternatives to their traditional way of doing banking. This shift was not always smooth for the customer or the financial institution. Many consumers still wanted one-to-one interaction to learn about services, to transact, and to purchase. Financial institutions that want to improve engagement, interactions, and brand loyalty are responding with new forms of personalization, such as rich media like video. Our guest for the show today is Jim Dixo, CEO of Sunday Sky. In this episode, Jim discusses how personalized video-powered experiences can drive breakthrough outcomes at key moments along the entire customer journey. Welcome to the show, Jim. First of all, I want to thank you for joining us today. It is clear that the process of communicating with consumers has changed almost overnight since last year. Many financial institutions were caught flat-footed when it came to being able to provide consumer support without branches. A recent study from your firm found that 55% of consumers thought that the information on their financial institution's website was irrelevant to their needs. Without the branch safety net that most consumers relied on, more than 70% of consumers said they would switch to another financial institution if it provided rich media content, such as video, and information through innovative media tools. Given this backdrop, can you describe a bit about what Sunday Sky does and the way that your firm supports highly personalized interactions through video? So first of all, Jim, thank you for having us on the show. Appreciate the opportunity to share with your audience. The first thing to think about in any sort of brand to consumer interaction is that the consumer has a certain set of expectations, uh, whether they're trying to learn about a product or service, trying to get a question, answer, or an issue resolved. And so the challenge for brands is how to do that digitally in a way that's engaging to the consumer and inspires the consumer to take action that results in the appropriate uh, behavior and and behavior change that uh, the consumer might want to take. So if you think about the customer journey, that when someone is selecting a new product or service, They need to understand the features and benefits, the considerations for options that they uh, they might choose from. And they also want to make sure that they are able to to get full value from that product or service that they've chosen. When companies leverage our platform, it's to be able to drive that engagement with consumers, to educate them on the topics of interest with an engaging medium that inspires them to take the appropriate action. And and we could talk through some use cases here in a moment. So based on what you found, your research found that more than half the consumers find information on their websites to be irrelevant to their needs, a problem that is more commonly cited by younger generations, such as Generation Z. Is this because the information is not there? Is it poorly communicated? Or is it just hard to find? I think it's a little of all. The thing that we found most prominently in the research is that especially the younger generation don't want to read text in long form and and try and decipher the, the, the meanings of each of the elements. And when you're trying to explain more complex topics, especially related to financial communications, a lot of times the ability to have context for the information is what's missing. So, you know, historically, when a human being would communicate, they can provide context, they can provide examples, 
and they can make it relevant to that person based on their individual experience and status. But when you're putting up a bunch of essentially long form written content, maybe with some images, oftentimes it's not enough to be able to educate the individual with the context needed to make appropriate decisions and take action. So that's what we found most prominently is the information may be there, but it's not breaking through and and driving the education and engagement that they're looking for. So more than just a video education tool, which many organizations have used, if for nothing else, uh, mobile deposit capture showing how people use it. What your platform does is actually personalizes the message, doesn't it? It goes beyond simply giving product information on a video platform, but actually engages in different ways using data the bank has. Can you explain a little bit about how that personalization actually works and what it feels like to the consumer? Sure. So first of all, let's just take the onboarding experience for a new credit card holder. Okay. When, when you go and select a specific card from one of the brands, that card has a set of terms and conditions related to what interest rates are going to be charged, when your bill is going to be due, what your minimum payments are, and it shares like the, the basics about the card. But in addition to that, there are benefits of the card. Maybe there's certain um, cashback rewards or you get certain points for certain types of spend, or maybe in the case of American Express, they have an Uber credit. And so the, the different benefits of the card, the value added benefits of the card is something that a, a brand wants to make sure the consumer understands so that the consumer takes advantage of those benefits, driving top of wallet and share of wallet benefit. So the way our our video platform works is instead of thinking about video as a linear medium where you create a single video that everybody watches, video is a modular medium where you have unique scenes, where you have a scene related to explanation of your uh, interest rates. You have explanation of payment expectations. You have a scene that's related to the Uber benefit for American Express or a scene related to cashback rewards benefit for Citibank. So depending upon what the characteristics of the product is that you've signed up for, you have the ability to see different scenes in the video based on your personal card choice and your configuration of that card. And so when the video starts and it says, hi, Jim, we want to thank you for your recent sign up to the American Express Platinum card. Your, you know, following yours is your payment date, um, and the minimum payment is based on a certain formula, and then it starts to introduce the specific benefits based on my selection of the card. If I got a platinum card, someone else gets a silver card. There's a different set of benefits that are associated with that card, and so the the video itself will be the same theme of communicating your your benefits and terms and conditions of your card, but it's going to be unique to the card choice you made, your configuration of the card choice, et cetera. So the idea is that there are no two videos alike because each video is built for each person based on data about that person at the moment they click play to watch the video. So you mentioned earlier the concept around onboarding. So we found in recent research that a consumer that's come in and opened an account digitally has less value 
than a consumer that came in through a branch, not because they're a worse customer, but it's just the engagement element. So when a person came into the branch, larger deposits are made, more accounts are opened. And a lot of financial institutions are having a hard time moving that consumer further along the onboarding curve to bring them up to speed to make them more valuable. So what your platform can do is actually take, let's say I opened simply a checking account with a low balance, you can talk to me and talk to me about the balance I opened it with, what I could do to switch balances from another organization, but you also could get me at the point of the onboarding experience where I am or the customer journey where I am and actually give me the the next best product that is for me specifically as opposed to a group of a bunch of people to open the account, correct? Correct. Yeah, I'll, I'll share two quick examples. One focused more on the loyalty side of the experience. The other focused more on the investment side. So one of our uh, customers spoke at our summit last year, Alice Milligan, who is the chief customer officer of E-Trade, And they use our platform to support the onboarding experience for new account holders. And, and one of the key themes is getting customers to fund the account and then the amount of funding indicates a, a certain set of you know, lifetime value of a customer. And so the thing that, that Alice highlighted is that customers that were engaged and onboarded via the video powered experience were 1100% higher account funding rate compared to the control and also a 500% higher account funding amount and it's largely because of the education the consumer received about the benefits and, and opportunities to invest based on the certain balance. So the video itself inspired the action that resulted in those benefits. Separately, Bank of America has a preferred rewards program where they communicate at the end of each year all of the benefits that a preferred reward participant has received as a result of being in the preferred rewards program. But instead of it just being, you know, we started out several years ago just doing a look back on the benefits you received, but now we're focused more on the entire experience with preferred rewards. Why should you sign up for preferred rewards? When you sign up, what are the benefits you get from preferred rewards? As you approach moving from a lower tier to a higher tier, What are the incremental benefits that you're now able to receive as a result of moving there? And what they found is that engaging consumers across the preferred rewards lifecycle, from sign up to onboarding to up tiering to annual statement review, they're able to drive higher products per customer, larger share of wallet, and a much higher net promoter score for the video exposed versus the control. So again, two different experiences but two very similar approaches to leveraging that throughout the journey. We talk to uh, financial institutions all the time about heightening the level of personalization with data and analytics and finding out that next most likely product to find out how you should engage in these things. So you're doing the exact same thing that other channels should be able to do in a highly personalized engagement, but you're using video to make that communications instead, correct? Yeah, I would say that we are channel agnostic in the sense that our videos can reside in the mobile app, can reside on the website, pre and post authentication can be pushed via email or SMS. In the case of Bank of America, we're activated in Erica, which is their online uh, chat capability. So any digital channel can be used to activate the experience. 
and think about us more as a type of content where we use data to personalize the content in that experience via that channel. And so we're channel agnostic. The same experience can be pushed via email and experienced in the mobile app and experienced in the portal because the video is rendered at the moment the viewer clicks play. So it doesn't really matter where you engage, the video understands its environment and, and how to render for that environment. Your videos can reside within a platform if a person's trying to find out information about a product, but it also can be a way to drive sales by actually having, let's say, Bank of America sends out a text saying, by the way, you may want to take advantage of this new offer that's offered to you, and that clicks to your video and actually is a, a proactive sales tool as well, correct? It, it can be, yeah. Any point in the consumer journey where you want to inspire the consumer to take action and where you have the ability to know something about the individual, you have the ability to activate one of these video powered experiences. And even if you have very limited data, you know, maybe it's on the, the public pages of a website, the video experience itself can be built interactively so that the consumer answering questions or making decisions while watching the video actually drives the video experience. So consumer directed uh, experiences exist as well. You had mentioned that there's a significant lift between the video content and other digital or paper-based or email channels. Did that gap change as a result of COVID? Have you seen that the gap has increased, decreased, or, or basically stayed the same? Certainly, we've seen an increase in consumption of the video content. So the you know, minutes of content viewed on behalf of individual customers has gone up as a result of the pandemic, you know, more for need because of people searching for access to more, more data. But I would also say that you know, we, we didn't do any sort of studies of pre and post COVID performance impact, right? The, that's, that's usually done by the customer our customer, and, and they look at the overall impact, but we haven't seen any pre and post analysis. So do different demographic groups have different alternative engagement preferences? Did you find that in your research? I would say that all of them recognize value from rich media experiences. There's not a, you know, this group likes it, this group doesn't like it. But if you were to then you know, rate it on an index of the highest degree of desire for this type of engagement, you'd certainly look at Gen X and millennials as the, the groups that are most likely to, to benefit from this because they are digital native and video is a primary means of content consumption for that demographic. So as I understand it, your videos are not just a presentation people can actually engage with them, correct? They can actually take action off of your videos and move them along the, the purchase journey, correct? Correct. There's two ways that can happen. Uh, one is while watching the video, make decisions or take, you know, like choose a yes, no question from within the video to go down a different path of the video. So there's interactivity in, in that sense. Oh, wow. Okay. And then second of all, at the end of the video, there are usually at least one, and in many cases, multiple calls to action that are designed to inspire the consumer to take an action that benefits them. So download the mobile app or add this additional feature or go to the website and, and learn more. So you have calls to action built into the video so that watching the video results in a subsequent action. 
this is not a presentation or a video of of simply a one-way communication. This really is an engaging tool that, as you said, can go different paths based on what the consumer does during the video, or it can simply be a a presentation if all the consumer wants is an education around something, correct? Correct, yes. From a perspective of friction alone, because I I think one of the things that you said from the very beginning is that the way consumers consume information right now is fraught with friction. Going to the website, trying to find the right place, or or waiting until an email comes, or or maybe the personalization is not even there at that level. What organizations in or out of banking have you seen are doing the best job of delivering what I call a seamless engagement process? What makes these firms different also? So the the first thing I would say is that the experience should be context-based. So, for example, I'll go outside of the financial industry and go to healthcare. And you know, United Healthcare is is the provider for Sunday Sky, and it's also one of our largest healthcare customers. And they have an experience where you know, at the end of the open enrollment period, right, we all select our choices for what plan and what uh, what services, you know, and and within that, there's a an amount of copay, an amount of, um, you know, maximum out of pocket and a whole bunch of things that most people don't fully understand when they're making the selections and don't fully appreciate until they have claims. And so what United Healthcare does is the open enrollment experience has a video powered activation. So when you're selecting your choices and, and you've made your, your plan choice, the confirmation of that plan is delivered in a video powered experience. So it's designed to explain the choices you made in context. But remember, like at the end of open enrollment, there's a time lapse until the new plan year takes effect. So the first time you log into the United Healthcare portal, an interstitial comes up with a video experience that's designed to reinforce the decisions you made and how to get the most out of your health plan and promote wellness. So it's not just how do you, you know, how do you get healthcare, but how do we promote wellness? And then that same experience, the next time you log in is available on the home screen, not with the interstitial, but it's there for education. And then, you know, the the next step is being able to explain a specific claim with the details of your claim delivered to you in that in that digital experience. So thinking about the consumer and their challenges with understanding healthcare and the, the health choices and being able to proactively address those for me is a, a really, really seamless experience. And when they do their net promoter score analysis, that experience, that that transactional experience has the highest digital net promoter score of any digital tactic that they provide. So for me, that's a good example because the consumer actually is the one grading the experience and and has graded it the best net promoter score of of any of the experiences available to them. And as I understand it from using it a couple of times, the healthcare is a great example because I've just gone through some healthcare changes in my policy and, and it's impossible to figure it out. And you almost have to go through it a couple of times to really get what they're trying to say. You can go backwards, forwards, you can do anything with the video once you're in it, correct? Yeah, you can, you know, one thing to note is because the video is built in real time, if you watch the video and then an hour later go and click to watch the exact same video, 
we're re-rendering the video for you. And if something about you or your plan or your service has changed, you'll see a different version of the same video because it reflects the data at that moment in time. So yes, you can go backwards and forwards and you can you know, rewatch it and actually even re-render it based on uh, then current data. Great. Let's take a short break now and recognize the sponsor of this podcast. When I get back, I'm going to ask Jim a little bit about how does an organization actually engage with Sunday Sky and how do they move forward? So we'll be right back. Is your organization trying to embrace digital banking transformation in 2021? Are you trying to elevate the customer experience? Figure out what technology you want to implement to improve the customer journey. Look at data analytics to really better understand and personalize the customer experience. And you're trying to make it so that more of your employees can buy into and be part of your digital banking transformation. If this sounds like you, I ask you to reimagine banking with our newest podcast sponsor, Microsoft. They give you the opportunity to unlock new opportunities at speed throughout innovative business models, deliver differentiated customer experiences across channels, products, and services, and redefine new ways of banking. Microsoft and its partner ecosystem help banks to achieve differentiation through sustainable growth, streamlining core systems, reducing cost and risk, and delighting customers and employees. If you're in the midst of a journey, trying to figure out what to do next, maybe trying to find out what other organizations are doing to lift up their experience level, I really encourage you to look at Microsoft. For more information, visit microsoft.com slash financial services. Welcome back. I'm joined today by Jim Dixoff, CEO of Sunday Sky. Sunday Sky is a unique platform that enables organizations to build highly personalized on-demand videos that can help financial institutions communicate more effectively with consumers, either from a product knowledge perspective, an onboarding perspective, or a sales perspective. So Jim, you found about one third of all consumers believe that personalized on-demand content was appealing at both from an accessing relevant yet complex information about their new financial products and services. You also found out that people were willing to leave their financial institution if their organization provided this kind of content. It seemed awfully high. In fact, I think you found that 75% of consumers who found video to be a good way of communicating said they'd be willing to move because of it. Did you find that to be a lot higher than what you thought? Yeah, actually I did. It's also always in the way that you ask the question, right? It's, you know, I think a lot of people are somewhat frustrated with financial institutions that they work with because of the inability to get effective information about product services and, and answers to questions. So they have a predisposition to change because of general frustration. And so if you're asked the question, if you had a means of self-serving and getting access to that information in a much more engaging and meaningful way, would you be willing to switch for that? And so based on asking the question in that context, I think it absolutely makes sense. But the numbers just on a standalone basis without context to me were you know, really high when I first saw them. 
a friend of ours, Ron Chevlin, says, you know, just because people say they're going to switch doesn't mean they're going to switch. However, I think it's interesting because when you look at the, the desire for more personalized communication, for different forms of communication, people become much more used to using video. The ability to do things in real time and reflect where my relationship is right now. I can see where people would say, you know what, this is really, really interesting to me. And it's something that I really want to get into. And as we've talked about some use cases, you know, I'm looking at in small business world, how good this platform would be for PPP loans, for instance. My my financial institution didn't even know that I had an online banking account for my business, which got me frustrated out of the starting blocks. But really, do you find organizations doing multiple different types of communication. In other words, they're not only doing the videos with you, but they're they're doing traditional uh, sales techniques and using email, direct mail, SEO, things of this nature. Are they using multiple channels? Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any institution these days that isn't leveraging digital on multiple axes. I think the the, the biggest difference between those that are more mature in execution and those that aren't is access to data. So their ability to access structured data about the customers, putting the customer at the center of the business. And then two, being able to have a, a strategy that's got visibility cross-channel and, and cross-product. Our experience is most financial institutions grew up structured around a product. And then the marketing organization or the service organization grew up around a channel. So you have the credit card marketing email team and, and that's different than the retail bank marketing web team. And so the, it's, I may be the same customer across both, but I'm treated quite a bit differently because of the siloed structure of the institution. And so the more mature organizations are really getting religion around putting the customer at the center of the business, having a 360 degree view of each person, and then recognizing that you have to have a, a clear content strategy for how does content get communicated cross-channel so that I'm having a consistent experience across channel, cross-product as an individual consumer of the institution. And that's, to me, the, the big hurdle that a lot of institutions still need to cross. So I get the feeling that while you can engage and build a platform with just what I call basic customer information, the real value of this proposition, this platform is really around how deep and how robust the data is around the consumer, correct? I mean, it's, correct. It, you can use just name and, and make it a, a good experience and you can talk about a product. But the reality is the real power, the real turbocharge of the whole thing is when I can have more data available. One of our large financial institution clients has more than 80 unique customer data variables that are integrated into our platform that inform the seven different experiences that they have live and you know from servicing to onboarding to loyalty marketing etc more data gives you more degrees of personalization that said we have customers with two data variables for a you know an initial customer onboarding experience because that's all that they could get available day 1 to launch and then as they've been able to access additional data variables from their own data strategy, make it available to us. And, and so what we do is just modify the logic in the videos to take advantage of that data. And now, you know, it's more personally relevant because now there's more data variables driving that personalization. 
So it really comes down to, you know, there's no minimum number of data variables to start. And there's no limit once you start to how many more you can add and how many more degrees of personalization you can leverage. This platform is scalable. It's not something that's only available to the big guys, but it can be offered to smaller organizations and organizations that may not have as many data points. And this is actually scalable where you can build the platform over time, correct? Correct. We actually just started launching what we call configurable industry solutions in the back part of 2020 where we've taken the experience that we've gained over 10 years of launching experiences across different industries. And what we've done is said, what are the things that are consistent across company within an industry, as well as across industry for a specific journey, and started to codify that into the product. So simple example, all service brands want their customers to download, activate, and use their mobile, uh, mobile app. So depending upon where someone is in the journey, right, if I've already downloaded the mobile app, don't tell me to download it. Show me how to take the most advantage of it. So what's the next best mobile app use that I should undertake? And so the idea of building mobile app usage as a, as a topic, well, let's build a scene in our scene library that has a, a framework for how to communicate about mobile app and then put a configurable creative around that so that when I get started as a new customer, I can start just by configuring content that already exists to support the look and feel of my brand. And so, you know, it takes me days to do what used to take months when it was done from scratch. We could also still do it from scratch. And so you have both options, configurable or custom, and it allows us to service a much wider uh, set of customers than what we could have done historically. So really, to your point, what you've done is you've taken all your financial institution clients, but even outside the financial institution said, what are our, been our most popular and most used use cases? Yep. And knowing that, yeah, while the product name may change, that the, the journey itself doesn't change a whole lot. And what that does, it allows you to obviously onboard your new customer, your financial institution faster to make it so that they can get a return on investment quicker. But also as the industry changes and as products are introduced, it, it expands what you can do on the front end for a, a financial institution so that it doesn't take as many people to bring this whole product line and this whole communications vehicle online, does it? So it really helps that way. Exactly. It streamlines the work on our end and our customer's end, and it lowers the price point barrier to entry. So as we go forward and we get out of 2020 and, and we're moving towards 2021, how do you see organizations expanding their use of a video platform, be it yours or somebody else's? What, what do you see as being the real trends and the changes that you're going to see going forward? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing that we're starting to see with our clients is the recognition that the modular nature of what we do allows them to think about um, customer engagement in a more topical sense. And so, you know, again, simple example around uh, mobile app usage. That is a single topic and mobile app usage could be part of an onboarding experience could be part of a loyalty marketing experience, could be part of a statement communication, could be part of a servicing experience because I maybe don't have the mobile app downloaded or maybe I haven't used it or haven't taken advantage of certain features 
or set up certain alerts, whatever the, the goal may be. So that topic related to mobile app usage and, and you know, maximum value could also just stand alone. So as more companies are leveraging chatbots or chat agents, and a customer has a question about a topic like mobile app usage, instead of the person trying to explain it verbally on the phone or push a link to an article that explains it in text via chat, we can actually embed the video experience, just that single scene topic, and, and it explains it much more effectively than a you know, the text in an article or the, the verbal description of a, of a call center agent. And so that notion of servicing uh, becomes much more of a rich media engagement uh, approach with this platform. And in that sense, it doesn't need to use the data to personalize the content of the video. The context of having a single topic that's explicitly answering my current question makes it very personally relevant, even without data. So that use of modularity and that use of topical messaging is a, uh, a key theme for many of our customers. Kind of like a video chatbot then is what you're saying. Exactly. Or certainly video-enabled chatbot. So activate uh, the videos within the chatbot as part of the experience. A number of organizations, uh, both big and smaller, have built video capabilities internally. And a lot of them, you know, something happens in the marketplace, something that they want to respond to. The ability to develop multiple messages is easier than distributing those messages to the right consumers. So you really can take video that's already been produced and customize or at least get it out to the consumers that in a customized way, correct? Yeah, we, we can we can help with that. So if you have an asset and you want to leverage that asset as part of an experience, then we could add you know content wrapped around that uh, that asset or embedded within that asset or embed that asset within something else. And we can also help push that across the different digital channels where they're trying to get that communication out to the customer. We talked about the going back to the branch and that's a backup channel. Do you see that ever coming back, even when COVID? I was going to say dies down. That's not a really good term, but basically where branches are more available. Do you, do you see consumers really reverting back or do you see them pretty much keeping the habits they developed over the last 18 months? I would say there are certain habits that will never go back. Like the idea that I will walk into a branch to deposit a check is like, a, I, I would never do that again, or hopefully never have to do that again. Right. Cause I could just do it right on my mobile app. And I, I'm just, I'm comfortable now that that's the most efficient and effective way for me to deposit checks as an example. But there are scenarios where, you know, a more complex topic that would warrant, you know, a, a deeper communication, a mortgage or a home equity line of credit, or, or some of those kinds of more complex products. I would certainly want the opportunity to have a face-to-face -face engagement in a way that, you know, addresses the second and third level questions. Because I think first level questions are handled effective digitally. Um, oftentimes the second and third level questions is where there's a an escalation from the digital channel to an alternative channel. And, you know, while Sunday Sky's goal is to help address the second and third level questions proactively in video, I don't think you'll ever get everything right. So I do think the branch has a role uh, but I, I fundamentally believe it's it's going to be a, a lot less prominent in the future than the past. So finally, Jim, how do people get hold of the research you just did and how do they get a hold of your company? 
sundaysky.com is the easiest way to find the company and the research is available on our website. And that's probably the best way to do it. I'd rather the traffic come to us than than go out to all the other places it's published. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Jim. It's always interesting, as I said, I've followed your company for more than five years and it's amazing the growth, but obviously uh, what's happened in the marketplace and in the environment globally has really changed the dynamic of who needs to look at video as an option and the industries that it serves. Yeah. So thanks again. Thanks, Jim. Really appreciate the time and giving us the opportunity for the session. You know, it's interesting. In talking to Jim, as I mentioned, I've followed their company for more than five years. It is amazing how the consumption of video has skyrocketed. We've seen the consumption of audio being also important. He mentioned Bank of America's Erica. They've continued to grow and grow based on what the marketplace. But I think it's important to at least look at and evaluate whether or not video should be part of your plan. Thanks for listening to Banking Transform. Rate is a top five banking podcast on Apple. If you enjoy what we're doing, please be sure to subscribe to Banking Transform on your favorite podcast app. In addition, please take less than a minute to provide a review. It lets us know how we're doing and provides a springboard for us to get future guests. Finally, be sure to catch my articles on the financial brand and look for new research we're doing on financial marketing, innovation, customer experience, and our brand new trends and predictions report that are part of the digital banking report. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A big thank you to our producer, Leah Longbreak, and our audio engineer, Sean Rule Hoffman, and video engineer, Will Pritz. I'm your host, Jim Roos. Until next time, make every day a learning experience. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.